tonight, I can report to the American people and to the world. I know the human being and fish can coexist peacefully. We were able to be all these things and do all these things because we were informed by great men, men who were revered. All men and women created by the gold. You know the you know the It's going to say, you want free speech? Let's see you acknowledge a man whose words make your blood boil, who's standing center stage and advocating at the top of his lungs that which you would spend a lifetime opposing at the top of yours. You want to claim this land as a land of the free? Now show me that. Defend that. Celebrate that in your classroom. Then stand up and sing about the land of the free. Which do you like more, Congress or lice? <laughs> Well, we like lice. Here's my eight words people need to stop redefining. Hate, victim, hero, shame, violence, survivor, phobic, and white supremacist. That America's leading industry is still the manufacture, distribution, packaging, and marketing of bullshit. So this week, Sean has our topics. So, without any further ado, Sean. <laughs> you know, one of the things that, that has really amazed me over the, the past couple of weeks as we've been kind of looking for uh, topics and, and everything on this cast is is we've actually had quite a lot happen. But one of my favorite two, and they're, they're all related, and I'll bring it. I'll bring it together for you in a second. But uh, one, the president getting on a podium in Tokyo and telling everyone how we're going through this uh, fantabulous transition uh, away from fossil fuels. And God willing, we will all come out of this on the other side of it better, um, which is just a really great way of saying, hey, I hope all y'all don't starve and uh, kill each other. Uh, while I take your gasoline vehicles away. So uh, y'all enjoy that. But, uh, and and at the same time, back in Washington, the uh, Ministry of Truth was put on hold because, what do you mean you guys don't want this? Like, seriously? Well, well, well wait a minute. The, uh, the uh, uh, Organization Against Disinformation is claiming that they were taken down by disinformation oh absolutely absolutely right-wing attacks of disinformation and i'm like damn it you know what because when you want like on the surface it's just like this crap isn't related you know but when you look at it it is the systematic uh another one that, that i thought was funny uh and i cannot remember where i saw it but uh somebody was uh lamenting the democratic the lack of democratic presidential choices of good presidential choices with a shot of winning because they biden said he won't run and even if he does it's not really looking great for him right now uh, whether you like him love him or hate him, did he say he wasn't going to run last i heard he was like i'm definitely running well the the last the last time he when he took office he said that this is he was this just a transitional thing and he wasn't going to run in 2024. Oh, because because recently it was he was it was rather definite. Now, once again, he's also 
um, stated that he was willing to militarily attack China if they attack Taiwan, only to have somebody else go, no, no, that's not what he meant. Uh, yeah, I, that was on my bullet points as well. <laughs> he said what? <laughs> Even the Princess Bride, he never started a land war in Asia. All right, like, it's not like don't, don't do, don't start pushing on you. We're we're still trying to get over this damn Russia Ukraine thing. Now you're gonna go and poke China? Like don't poke the panda bear. Don't do that. Like there's no reason for it. We're already having enough troubles as it is. Dumb shit, shut your mouth. Uh, but so we've got President Dumbass like refusing to help with the whole gas situation. He just really doesn't. I mean, and he's always been very clear that he doesn't want to help fossil fuels, the future of fossil fuels. He's been very clear on that. And he's it's one of the very few things that he's following through on, which is I'm not going to support this. Uh for some reason, I guess he thinks we all get up at, at 8 o'clock in the morning and get on the roads in our cars because we have nothing better to do. Uh, it's not that we need them for work. It's not that we need them to facilitate our daily lives. Um, we all just buy gasoline-powered vehicles or ICE cars uh, to be really annoying. That's That's the general gist from the Biden presidency. I don't I, – I, and I, I was flabbergasted when I heard him talk about it, and I'm like, you bastard. <laughs> like, they really – their plan really is to make it so we can't drive them anymore. That is Biden's plan. For the next two years, expect that to be the norm. He will not help. He will not introduce legislation. He will probably actively shoot it down, even if they make some kind of easing – uh, uh, ability for it. This is his plan. His plan is to to price us out well, of he, ice vehicles. They're also flat out lying about what it is that they say they are doing to help. Yeah, I mean, y y they're saying, "Oh yeah, we're going to open up leases and stuff like that." Whereas you find the documentation that says, "What do you mean you're going to open up leases? You've basically just today declined all of them." Yeah, you've just closed all of them. So you, which time are you lying? <laughs> well, both. <laughs> for other reasons that I don't know if you really want to talk about because it's really honestly horrifying and depressing, um, what you're seeing a lot of is a statement for, and the quote you keep hearing is, common sense solutions to things from the government. And... I think what was somewhere along the line we're going to need to recognize is that the government doesn't have common sense. Uh, you have whatever it may be, and, and so we don't have to go to the other you know topic and, unless you really want to. Um, I'll, we'll stick with fossil fuels. fuels. The idea of just making it so no one can afford a gas-powered car anymore does not solve the problem. You still need transportation. You still need other mains of power, energy, fuel, etc. And we're not handling that part. You tell me that you don't want me to drive my car any f anymore, uh, my gas-powered car anymore. Fine. What do you want me to do? If you want to actually have 
common sense solutions to these things. We need to actually start attaching some common sense to them and asking and starting to look at the results of doing X, Y, or Z, evaluating them and coming up with an actual answer. And we're not doing that. We're just assuming that uh, a bunch of old farts on Capitol Hill can sign their pen and make the world better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And what they're doing is is just running around in circles and lying about it because they uh, know I, it not not to sound like a broken record because they're not actually trying to solve anything they're just trying to get reelected right which is the democratic specialty right republicans are really good at starting wars <laughs> let's be face it let's be honest that's they're really good at that well, uh, at as, least, well, or as George Carlin put it, they're good at bombing brown people. Right. It, uh, d- same difference in this case. Yeah. Uh, there's, I mean, that's really what they're they're really good. At. Republicans are really good at that. Uh, Democrats are really good at identity politics and getting reelected. And that's kind of our two party system in a nutshell, right? The Republicans are more conservative. The Democrats are more liberal. The the Democrats play repo, or, uh, identity politics a lot better, and the Republicans love to start wars because that funds industry, and they can make a lot of money on those wars. Uh, now, the Democrat, by the way, if you're like a Democrat and listen to the – although I probably – I don't know what our, our political split is, but I bet you it's a lot more centrist than, than one way or the other. But anyway uh, – uh, just I mean, hey, 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 I can name two two centrists, two uh, Republicans and two flat out communists who listen to us. Hey, and great. More power to you. Maybe one of us can come up with a freaking plan. <laughs> that's some kind of way, because that's it's going to be us. It's going to be us. It's not going to be like they don't like the elite and the, the at the federal. Level, they don't care about us. Right. There's a. There's a, a thing that uh, – uh, or a survey question that I, I always love, and it's like, do, do these people care about people like me, right? What, whoever you are, do they care about people like me? And the answer is universally no. Unless you are a billionaire, a head of a, a mogul of, of a billion-dollar corporation, a, a federal – part of the federal ruling class or, or somebody like that, they don't care about you. Or wildly rich. Well, it's it's also where I butt heads with uh, socialists and communists. Um, and it's not the fact that I disagree with their goals and their aims. What they're trying to do is find a way to make things more equitable and fair for everyone. And I get that and I understand that. But the answer is that they tend to have is letting the government do that. And so once again, we'll just take one issue that is every bit clear and uh, go for it with with healthcare. Yes, our healthcare system and somebody who works in our healthcare system who has seen how our insurance system works, I will tell you it is broken. No question under the sun. Half the reason why your doctor's offices are, are having to charge so much money even towards the insurance companies is because they have to have more people working in their insurance billing department than they do actually treating you. Yeah. 
Okay. So yes, I will agree with you that our that our in our medical insurance and our healthcare system is in fact broken. With that said, a lot of times the answer is that the people are coming up with, especially those who are into socialized medicine, is a single payer government run healthcare system. And I have one example. One example that makes it perfectly clear why you don't want this and it's irrefutable. The VA. Oh man. That is just a that's uh, that Dude, is just a house fire. And that's and, all that and that's is. basically what the American healthcare system would turn into. And you and, and that is indisputable. If somebody really wants to debate me on that, I'm happy to have that debate. I'll win. Yeah, the VA is like notoriously bad i mean just horrifyingly bad and these if are people not, that if they're not willing to provide health care for the people who have actually gone out and lost their limbs lives and livelihoods for their country. for their country what makes you think that they're willing to do that for you i've said this many times and people look at me funny when i do it and i'm i i'm convinced that this is actually the truth the government is having a really great time they're having a really great time on our expense, and they would like to keep on having this great time. The only problem they're having is all these damn peasants who happen to also live in their country. If they could just get rid of us, things would be great. Oh, but they don't want to get rid of us. You want to know what you know what want to know what our 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 um shit our government is the best analogy for it and why they want us. Our government is basically public WWE. <laughs> it's because it's the same thing. You can basically predict the, all the arguments and all the screaming and yelling that they're going to have at each other. They're screaming and yelling at each other. Hell, I can remember The Rock and Steve Austin standing nose to nose screaming at each other, trying desperately not to laugh in front of the camera. Oh, that's so great. And it's the same shit. I, these people are, are going absolutely apeshit on the House floor and having drinks with each other and high-fiving each other uh, in the evening when it's all said and done. Our I government just, is the WWE. Yeah. Uh, well, and they would be fine, except that there are people who don't like the WWE. In fact, most most people don't. I would I would suggest well, what they're counting on is that person who swears that the WWE is real. Yeah. Those are the only ones. And what's what's really funny is we don't seem to really have a problem with it. I don't understand why that is. As a country, we we're we're embracing the pageantry and ignoring the issues and I I I struggle to see how that's getting any better because the millennials are just sure they're being lied to. And their solution is, okay, we need to talk. It's half right, right? Like we need to toss this government. Absolutely. And then install communism because that will be better because in their lives, they've never seen this system work. Really, in our well, they, lives, they've never, never seen, seen this either. system work, but they've never, but they've also not seen what it looks like when communism tries to work. No, they're not old and... enough to remember the Soviet Union. They're not old enough to remember. Actually, the worst part about it is, is anybody who's trying to tell me that communism and socialism work, I have a picture I send them. 
it's a nighttime satellite picture of the Korean Korean Peninsula. Mm-hmm. With North Korea being dark. Yes. Yeah. That's the biggest explanation as to why. The, now, but but see, the thing is, is it's really the other part that makes it very, very hard to have that conversation is the fact that what we're doing isn't really working either. No. And, and, and somewhere along the line, and I don't know how to fix it, this, which is part of what's frustrating me, is we as a as a group, as a people, as a population, as a society need to start expecting better from the people we elect. But unfortunately, the people who are running aren't better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, let's, put, let's put it this way. I, I, un, unless something has changed since the last time I heard him speak about it, uh, it looks like that the, the our next presidential election is going, to be fa- is going to be a rematch between Biden and Trump. And okay. we have no other plan. This is this is well, part but, of our but, but our we, problem. We can't do better than that. Yeah, we have no one else other than these two assholes. Like, which asshole would you like? It's like we, I I would really like neither of them. Oh no, we can't do that. You only get these choices. And you have and you have to pick one of them, otherwise you have not done your civic duty. And it's like now I will admit that I have not done my civic duty in the past couple of elections. I've literally written in none of the above. I have written uh, or I've done my duty uh, and and voted. I I felt dirty both times. I don't like it in the last two. I've actually voted then for the last five uh, presidential ones. Um. And I think from... I, I, I couldn't pick either one without needing a shower afterwards. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad, dude. And I hate it. And I hate I I hate the people who are just like, well, you're part of the problem. No, motherfucker. You're part of the problem. OK, by thinking either one of these two is a good choice. Don't you see? Well, it's all the choices we have. So we just need to make the best of it. I'm like, that is not the attitude. Let's make the best of it isn't getting us anywhere we've been doing that for the last 40 years it's the problem not the solution what we need to do is get either yeah and i've gone over what i i think would would help fix some of this political stuff but right now what do we have we have the largest inflation that we've ever had basically across the board and things that you need to live but it's good for you but it's good for you. Walmart, for the first time since their their creation, basically posted a decline, and they're like, "Whoa, uh, that's never happened. Like, what's going on?" It's like, let's work it out. Like Walmart and Target are like, "Um, this is wrong," and we're like, "Uh huh, it's starting to affect you now, huh, bastards?" You know, like, let's work that out. Why do you think that is big? Put on your big boy pants. Let's think about it because it's well, they, but but see, the thing is, is those guys were loving it when people were spending the money that the government had just written them. Right. And it, so all those guys were just, oh, wow, people are getting free money when it's where, where's it going to us? It's fantastic. You know, they, those guys were loving it. But now that all of a sudden we're seeing the consequences of that, it's kind of like, wait, wait a minute. You mean the numbers are not going to continue to go up? Or at least not, not the ones we want up? to go up? Yeah, this is wrong. What do you mean supply chain problems? You know, I there's 
there's a fundamental rot that we have just been sweeping under the rug. We have been paying no attention to it. And I really feel like this must have been what Rome felt like before it fell, what Great Britain was like at the height. Like, like, look, we the sun never sets. Right. Uh, the U.S. was is very much like Rome. Right. I, we we just have this this thing of we're the, the greatest and and this will always be like this. And it's this is great. Isn't it great? Like, well, what you, was the last time you have to admit, as far as empire is falling, the Brits actually did pretty well. They gave it a pretty good run. Well, right? no, but, but not only that, they looked around and went, OK, it, OK, it's not going to be us anymore. Who's it going to be? It's going to be the Americans. OK, so OK, so we are going to stitch ourselves and tie ourselves to the Americans. That way we're still relevant. Right. And <laughs> if you don't believe us, look after World War Two. Uh, there's or, or or you know what? Just look at how far Tony Blair's face was up George W. Bush's ass during the entire Iraq war, and you'll see it perfectly. Yeah, there's uh, there's actually quite a bit of examples of that. But we 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 don't even try and address the – when was the last time you heard somebody say, America's the greatest country in the world? We don't even believe that crap anymore. Even America people don't believe that anymore because it's not, and we know it's we are ignoring the rot beneath the surface, right? We've put a couple of coats of paint on it, but eventually well, you're going to find that this is a problem. But see, the, the other part of that is right now what you have is nobody who is, and it's going back to common sense solutions. Nobody is actually working on common sense solutions. What everybody's working on is trying to figure out who we're going to lynch for. You know, you've got one side saying it's the TERFs, the transphobes. You've got one side telling you it's the racist. You've got one side telling you that it's the immigrants. You've got one side telling you that it's, it's uh, the woke in people. General. You've got one side telling you that it's anybody who identifies as a cis male. Um, now, now, that being said, if you're a male who was born with a vagina, you're perfectly fine. Um, yeah. Absolutely. But but at the same time, but at the same time, none of these people are really to blame. This country is not nearly as racist as they want you to believe. Is there a problem? Yes. Okay. This this country is not even nearly as woke as we like to tease and joke about it as it like to be. But is, is there some issues there? Of course there are. There's always going to be issues. But at the same time, what we have is everybody poking the lion going, look, 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 it's them. Yeah. And that's what they I mean. And, and that's really my own explanation as to what identity politics is. But it, it's it's literally putting us into a point where we're frozen into inaction and can't do anything. There is no common sense solution because no one's attaching common sense to anything. Well, and we're in the minute you try, you are immediately targeted by one of said groups, by media and whatever. Because having a common sense solution to the people who are in charge at the moment of actually having a common sense solution is a threat to them. Oh, yeah. No, you you're going to totally 
dump over the apple cart at that point. Because you know, it, as soon as we all get going in one direction, the party's over. Th- think about the, the 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 answers, the common sense solutions to just even just even pick a few pro- uh, problems. Like let, let's pick the problem of um, the fact that. Uh, the percentage of people in Congress who are on who are on Alzheimer's drugs is staggering, uh, and I, just the idea of term limits in Congress. Well, these people are going to have to vote on whether or not you get to kick them out. Yeah. Why would they do that? <laughs> of course, they're not gonna. These are the same people gonna. who, in the middle of a recession, vote themselves a raise. These are the same people who, in the process of uh, record level inflation, are making sure that all their staff has Pelotons. This is, again, I mentioned rot. It starts in D.C. I'll be honest. It starts in D.C. It's it's not very difficult to, to point at where the systemic problem is. We have a leadership problem or a lack of leadership problem. We've let... Our government run away with our country. You know what? I'll, I'm I'm actually going to stop you there because I don't think we have a problem with a lack of leadership. Everybody was trying to lead. I think what we're missing is a lack of representation. No, uh, that's just. I mean, they're. I don't think they're leading because if you look at a, what a leader does, that's not what they're doing. Well, the, what the, they're the, doing the, is the only reason why I say is that is 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 the, the idea of leading is is that. Right now, you'll have people who will tell you, and once again, it's I don't know how far into this conversation we want to get, but you'll have people who will tell you that Beto O'Rourke is a leader. And really, quite frankly, he's a schmuck who is not representing his population. You know, I'm uh, I'm going to take a short, short side street here. Um, when it comes to Beto O'Rourke. I have rarely seen the politician that personally makes me want to vomit. Uh, I, I often understand a lot of them or where they're coming from or at least why they're doing what they're doing. Now, I understand what Beto's doing, and I know why he's doing it. But when you go in and bust into a town meeting for victims of – slain children and politically grandstand which is what he was doing um i mean it's bad when even ted cruz is like dude this is not the place for this <laughs> i mean when ted cruz ted. calls you a dick and you have and has a point it has a point like i hate ted cruz okay let me just be clear um but when even ted cruz goes oh dude i wouldn't even do that that's this is like low <laughs> Even for me, this would be low. Like, no, dude, like, you don't need to do this. There's other places for this. Um, I, everyone in that room just looked. He's lucky he didn't get get his ass beat. I mean, I, I mean, how do you look at the situation that happened and say, this is my moment? Yeah. Like, ah, my stage has arrived. Like, what a fucking schmuck. Um, I wish uh, like, uh, he, oh, I hate that guy. I, he's one of the very few politicians that I generally I mean, all of them. I don't trust any of them. I don't like any of them. I really do hate that guy. 
Oh, actually, I've uh, met some of them. Some of them I, I wouldn't trust to, you know, sell me a car, but I like them. Yeah, uh, but they're <laughs> they're fascinating to talk to, some of them. I mean, uh, I met Ann Richards. She was the governor of Texas back when I was a kid. I met her once. She has a lot of personal charisma. I actually liked her. She was a Democrat. Um, just a, a lovely lady. I thought she was super cool. She was energetic. She was charismatic. I was like, wow, I see why people vote for you. I may disagree with you on a lot of these things, but I see why people vote for you. Um, I hate Beto O'Rourke. <laughs> I hate that guy. He is the most slimy chameleon schmuck. I, I hate that guy. Um, Follow closely, and I know I'm going to catch a lot of crap for this, followed closely by Barack Obama. Um, and did you see the tweet Barack did the other day where he late, he, try, he was trying to link George Floyd to, to uh, the Texas school thing? Yeah. I, I'm like, oh, my God, dude. Are you? Uh, did you honestly just say, "Hey, sorry about all them kids, but uh, remember George? Remember this is really about George Floyd." Like, what is wrong with you? This is like, what is? I didn't. Uh, that that right there. I mean, like, I, I never liked Barack Obama, but now it's just like, no, dude. That's the same to me. That was relatively the same as Beto going down to the to, to the town hall and making an ass of himself. Like, no, dude, that's this is not the time for that. You don't use this for political game. Like, no. Um, what happened uh, but, to failed politicians going away? Oh my God! Just or, or take even it just politicians who had run their course. Write a book, dude. <laughs> Do something. Uh, find a different adventure. Okay, this one is closed. Uh, I I I hate that guy. I really do. Um, but uh, this is our problem. This is this is where politics has led us. This is what we what we have wrought, right? And for some reason, as a country, we feel that we are incapable of making a run at fixing it. We're well, just like, oh, I guess this is all the choices we have. <laughs> well, and that's it. But see, but the, the thing is, is that it's it, it's gotten a little bit worse. It's gotten worse to the point where, well, OK, a lot worse, because more only is there is there people who are looking at it going, gee, I don't think we can fix this. You do have people who are trying to push the cracks farther open. And I bring us to our favorite medical professional on the face of the earth. Good old Fauci. Dr. Fartface, there you go. Who's out there talking about how we might be in trouble again because, okay, and this shows you how wonderful they are about making you scared about inconsequential things. A total of 160 people have come down with monkeypox. A whole 160 people. Hey, I mean, if Fauci had his way, we are very lucky that uh, he's not in charge of all this stuff because um, he just lock be. us all away again. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, 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 the, the question is, is whether hopefully, hopefully this whole treaty with the WHO goes the same way as the Ministry of Truth. I'm assuming you've heard about that one. Uh, the WHO. I, I heard they made a great grab for power or something. Well, like basically that. the treaty do? that's been floating around with the WHO that um, got publicized as being a good thing for a few moments but 
uh, got quietly pushed aside, but at the same time has not gone away, is uh, the a treaty which basically says that uh, next time there is a declared p- pandemic, which the WHO can declare, uh, that the WHO actually starts has uh, is in charge of everyone's medical uh, contraptions and contra- that's not even the right word uh, medical organizations and responses. Oh yeah, because they did such a fantastic job with this last oh, pandemic. Did a wonderful job. Holy crap! And, yeah, no, that's and, and uh, of course we do have the going. the Bond villains meeting in Davos again. And how can you call them anything besides Bond villains at this point? Oh, dude. I mean, if they didn't meet uh, the next time, the next time they're losing an opportunity. If they don't meet in a hollowed out volcano, <laughs> I, dude, losing a market opportunity. All I'm saying. Well, okay, well, okay, but he, you want to know an ancient underground pyramid in Antarctica or something? Did, you, know, did like, you hear what the big discussion this time has been? No. Uh, I tried not to. I was trying to have a good week. Recalibrating our thoughts and opinions on human rights. Oh, good. Yeah, because we need to we need to have those recalibrated. So, what is our opinion supposed to be? Uh, that I, uh, you know, all these rights that you think you have, you you don't because you have the right to do what the governments tell you to, or the rich people. Oh, all right. Well, good. Good. Absolutely great. I'm loving that. Uh, that sounds like something a bunch of billionaires could come up with. Well, th- th- you know, the way they're basically uh, phrasing it is, is that what they want to do is take the human population and wrap them in bubble wrap, say, be quiet and go sit over there so nothing bad happens to you. When really what it is is uh, go work and consume so that we can make more money and we don't want anything bad happen to you because if something bad happens to you, then you can't spend more money and we can't make more money and you can't work to create things for us. Well, yeah. I mean, again, this this whole world population thing would be a lot easier if we didn't have people thinking for themselves. Like, if if we could just get rid of all the free thinkers, this place would be great. Oh, everyone but us. No, we need to be here because we someone needs to. Well, we're the, you know we're a the, shepherd for the sheep. We're you know? the elite, smart people. Right. Obviously, because we have the most money. Oh, I hate. I uh, just uh, it, it it pisses me off. It really does. But it, it's it's but it, what I find absolutely hilarious is the things that are, that they're talking about are you know quite frankly, do you remember the the Mel Gibson movie Conspiracy Theory? Oh sure. All the things that he was basically run around ramping and and screaming and crying and that people were calling him crazy for, quite frankly, he could have gotten up and said the exact same thing in Davos and they would have applauded his ass saying, yeah, that's perfect. This is exactly what we're doing. It's exactly, totally. You, he people, gets it. He people, gets it. People want to say this is conspiracy theory shit, yet they're going on and standing up in public and saying, oh, yeah, that's what we want to do. Yeah. And nobody <laughs> sees this is bad. Well, if you I do see it. No, no, that's just a conspiracy theory. That's not really what they said. <laughs> what's, the, what's the quote? You know, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled is to convince the people he didn't exist. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> I I struggle with well, that's it's our the, constituents. It's uh, the greatest uh, trick and, that uh, the Bond villains ever pulled off was to convince you that they were trying to do it for your own good. Oh yeah, oh yeah. 
Yeah, but the difference is in the movie, you can clearly see that the Bond villain is a villain. In real life, apparently, you want to go work for the Bond villain because they have more money. Uh, I, I really don't know what it's going to take for the American people to wake up and go, you know, this sucks. Let's actually fix it. And we got to start by stop and digging. You know, you stop and you fill in the hole by stop digging. You know, that needs to be our first thing. Now, what we need to do is go fix Washington. And if we can't fix it, burn it to the ground <laughs> and everyone in it. Cause no, um, metaphorically, I am not, we here <laughs> at gentlemen soapbox do not incite violence. However, uh, fire them all. All of them strip their institutional power, strip their governmental power, get them the hell out and start over. We cannot continue with the stuff we have. And I don't know. I don't know when we're going to come to that conclusion as a people or if we never will, because it'll be too late because they'll just sheepify us. Uh, they're, they're doing a great job so far. I mean, it's government, 80 million people, zero. Uh, so I. I, I don't know. I just I really wonder when we're going to get to the point where we look out and go, oh, this is bullshit. We got to fix this, guys. Seriously, we got to there's we something must be done. I I wonder when that that will happen. Well, while we, while we wonder, uh, do you have a thought experiment for us this week? Yes, I did have a, a thought experiment. Uh, okay, so it kind of goes along with this. Um, let's say that you were plopped down in the middle of like the uh, Star Trek era 24th century, right? There's replicators. There's no, no money. It's basically a utopia, right? You're, you're not required to work to live. What do you do? <sighs> It's an interesting question because, uh, first of all, if you are, are okay, am I me from this time period? Okay, you're you, but you do not have the the attachment. So, like, your family's okay. We're just we're just kind of well, giving the, you like maybe the, the reason you know, why whatever, I ask but... is is that if you took most people from today, a time period in which when we do have money, you do have to work for the things you have, and you suddenly put them into a time period in which you don't, um, a, a lot of us would turn into nice little couch potatoes. And, I, and, I, and I'm scared that that actually would be what I would do. The, the premise behind Star Trek and that 24th century is that the humanity has evolved past that. So I'm, my question right. is, is are you asking what a if I were evolved enough to survive in that era, um, what I think my occupation would be? Or are you asking whether or not if you took me today and plopped me in that era, am I going to turn into a couch potato or am I going to find a hobby? <laughs> I guess a little bit of both because you're you. But, um, you know, and maybe you are evolved enough that you can live in that. Yeah, I, I go with that. You're evolved enough that you can live in that time period, but you're still you. OK, well, if I'm still me, I think I'm one of the people who opens a restaurant. I think I turn into really? Dinan. 
I don't you know, mean Lorian or, or anything of that nature, but the idea, <laughs> I, I, I think I end up working and opening or trying to create a restaurant of some fashion or form. I, I, I enjoy food. I really do. I mean, hell, I'm a 300 pound fat guy. How can I not? Um, <laughs> but, but the idea of, it's one of the few, I worked as a bartender for about a year and a half. It's one of the few times that I've been in a social situation of that nature and felt comfortable. Mm-hmm. So I like that environment. Now, I don't like that. I don't like sitting at the bar because, once again, that's the social situation where I'm not comfortable because <laughs> I'm looking around going, who the hell do I talk to? But you put me behind the bar in which all of these people are sitting there, you know, conversing with me while conversing with themselves. I can interject myself into a conversation if I choose. I can not interject myself into a conversation if I choose. Um, Serving drinks to people, serving food to people. I enjoy that environment. Um, So that's probably where I would go. Now, if you take me today and pump me forward into the future... Where would I probably try to be going? Now, see, I don't know how it works there because, you know, they've never really completely explained it. But where I think I'd want to be is, I, for, first of all, I would eat, own either, for those of you who have seen Strange New Worlds, Pike's House in the Mountains. Or for those of you who have seen Star Trek Generations, the house that Kirk put himself into in the, uh, um, in the happy place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And probably live out my days sitting on the front porch reading with a dog. That's not bad, man. So, 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 what, so, so, it's kind of like who am I at the time? If you take me today and just push me forward into that future, that's probably what I do. But if I was raised in that future with a desire to actually contribute to society, I think I have a bar or a restaurant. That's not bad, man. That's pretty cool. How about yourself? Oh, uh, well, I think I'm pretty similar. Whether you move me forward or or I'm evolved and I'm there, um, uh, I fix things. That's what I do. Um, I restore and fix things. I've always been fascinated with putting things back together, broken things especially. I love. You're going to be restoring restoring shuttlecraft into hot rods. Yeah, shuttlecraft, old school firearms, clocks, you know, refrigerator, whatever it is, old old stuff. I love restoring old broken stuff and people finding value in it after I'm done. I love that. I doesn't matter what it is, whether it's like you're saying in the future it's old shuttlecrafts or or maybe if you took me from the future now, I just go look for the stuff I already have. And find a you know broken versions of it and go fix it and and show people what this is and why it's important and and what what it's cool to do and and all those kinds of things because there's always going to be those people who like old things and value what they used to be or value like the the craftsmanship or the artistry or whatever it is that went into them. Um, I, I my first love was always since I was born was cars. And I I do not have the economic situation, especially nowadays, where I could go and just put an old muscle car in the garage and fix it up new. I don't have those kind of resources. I mean, that's a twenty, thirty thousand dollar operation. I don't have it. You know, I got two kids. Um, 
there's there's well, nothing. Well, hell, so the way that some people do that is it's it's even though it's a twenty thirty thousand dollar operation, and hell, I got two kids. It's one of those operations that done that's done over decades. Oh, you yeah, put it in the garage, and it's it's your your passion project. That you know, are, are you going to work on it all the time? No, but every once in a while, you're going to have. Ooh, I found the carburetor. Let's put the carburetor in this week, and you may not do anything else with it for a few months until you have a couple extra bucks and you go out and decide to buy uh, a few extra valves. Oh yeah, no, I'm way faster than that, <laughs> <laughs> or, like, or, or way less no. patient than that. Yeah, well, the way I look at it is I'm way faster. <laughs> no, I don't have that kind of patience, like, with, with those kind of things. Like, if I take on a project and I can't finish it, I'll turn it into a different project. I don't care. Like, well, no, no, no. Because um, I, I, I hate seeing it, like, every time I walk out, it's not the think of how wonderful this will be when it's done. That's not what drives me. What drives me is, is I want to fix what's broken. And if I just come out in the garage and stare at the same broken car for 10, 5, 10, 20 years, that would just be depressing to me. Look what I'm doing. I'm I'm responsible for keeping this thing broken. Let's give it to somebody who can fix it. That's That's not – like it isn't the the loving restoration project at that point. It's a monument to your failure, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. You got to fix the broken part of it. Okay, matter of opinion, uh, but I get you. Yeah, I mean, I, and that's just how my brain works. Um, I always I always want to restore stuff or fix it or or like, oh my god, I could make that better. I could fix that. I could polish that. I could I could make that run again. I could you know, um, and I've I've kind of done some of that with like firearm like i i restore old shotguns so i can drag them into a field and and blast apart flying pottery um i that's that's because you get metalwork, you get machining and mechanics and you get woodwork like you get all three and then you get to go play with it and then after it's fixed everybody sees what i saw when it's when it's fixed they're like oh wow that's a great that's in great condition i'll buy that from you it's like yeah no problem you know, um, and a lot of times it's the same see... person who went, wow, that's a piece of shit. What the hell are you going to do with that? <laughs> Actually, more often than not, at least half the time, the same person or the same shop or the same booth or whatever it is, I take it back to you. They're like, wow, I sold a crappy version of this. I'm like, I got news for you. This is the one you sold. <laughs> but um, sometimes I tell them, sometimes I don't. But. But afterwards, they see what I can see in my head because every time I look at a junkyard or a, a broken item, I see what it could be, not what it is. And I think I would be that same person in the future, uh, whether it's like you're saying fixing broken shuttlecraft and, and fixing them up new or, or whatever it is. I've always been fascinated with that. Uh, you know, we watch Strange New Worlds, uh, which is the new Star Trek series. I don't doubt there's many people who don't know that who listen to this show we've mentioned it enough but um there's a a, a blind enar on there that that said uh what's your for what's your purpose and is and and he said to fix broke to fix things that are broken and i'm like shannon turned to me when we watched that and we forgot to mention it on the cast shannon turned to me when we watched that and she went that's you I went. Well, okay, there's only one difference, and I know this difference because I know you and I've heard you speak on this on many occasions. There's no way in hell that you're an engineer on a Starfleet ship, though. 
No, 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 no. Different. <laughs> Way different. No, 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 no. Nani, yeah, Nani doesn't join the service. That's not going to happen. Well, not but only that, but not, you wouldn't be the engineer on a freighter in the, in that world. Ow. Oh, hell no. <laughs> You're the guy who fixes shit on the ground and says, here, fly it away, please. Yeah, I got that part y'all wanted. It's all fixed. You guys take it, do whatever. You know, I'm going to go back into my holodeck and do things that are probably illegal. Um. No, I mean, that's but that's the thing. Just because you're a fixer of broken things doesn't mean you're the same. You fix the same things. You know, he wanted to defend the galaxy uh, and and amongst the stars to to be a galaxy protector. I just want to fix the broken stuff. Like, bring me your broken stuff. I want to fix it. Um, That would probably be more of my thing. But even Shannon recognizes she's like, yeah, that's that's you, actually. And I, I just thought it was an interesting thought experiment because I'm like, what would I do? You know, like what what exactly would so, I do? So I the, but but is it. this kind of the same thing either direction? Either you grew up in that era, in which case you're fixing shuttlecrafts or you grew up in this area and moved forward and therefore started finding other things that people called antiques and artifacts yeah. and, making absolutely. Them and fixing them. So it's basically yep. the same thing either way. It's the same thing either way. Yeah. Absolutely. I, you know, I, I know you're not as much of a fan of snow as I am, but when I saw Pike's house, it was kind of like, that's where I want to live. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, find me I'm a not. nice place in Montana with that much snow and I am a happy guy. You know, I, the most beautiful place I've ever been to in my life uh, and people are going to laugh at me. Unless you're from there, and I bet you'll know what I'm talking about. There's a part of Tennessee where they talk about um, – it's the Smoky Mountains, and they talk about Purple Mountains majesty. Um, that's literally the part of Tennessee that I I love, and I would be there. Um, it's, it's the most gorgeous place I've ever seen. Uh, just rolling valleys and all forested, and there's rivers running through the whole thing of it. And and you know when the humidity's right, there's there's smoke around the mountains, and it just looks gorgeous. I would be there. That's where I would be. Sometimes there's snow, sometimes there's not, but it's gorgeous 24/7. Yeah, I've always wanted to live in a Bob Ross painting. <laughs> Absolutely. Happy little trees. Oh, man, that, that dude, that, I swear that dude wasn't human. He was a gift. That was a gift to humanity. Oh, okay. I don't and know where that This is completely besides from. the point. But have you heard the uh, halfway snide, halfway not uh, theory about him and his paintings? No. <laughs> I've heard it bouncing around a little bit. Somewhere along the line, somebody has postulated that Bob Ross was actually a serial killer, and all of his paintings are where he's hidden the bodies. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of bodies that's all i'm saying <laughs> well you want frustration have you ever tried to paint with bob ross oh, hell and like no. do one of his paintings oh hell no they made us do that uh in uh i think it was um uh art three in in uh art school it was just a it was the painting class it was art three I mean, that, that is a, from what I understand, like a rather like well-known and accepted technique that he uses. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. It's it's absolutely how you do oil painting, right? Landscape oil painting. Absolutely. The thing is, when you watch a master do it, you think, 
How hard can that be? Seriously. <laughs> like, I'm an artist. I've been trained on on this stuff. I mean, like, I can I can make anything in Photoshop. This can't be that hard. It's freaking paint and a stick. How hard can this be? And then, as your final grade for Art 3, they give you an easel and some paints and a Bob Ross video and time you. Okay. He's going to do this in real time. That means you can do it in real time. And they pause for when he mixes his paints so everybody can get their paints mixed. But when he's brushing, you're brushing. And uh, it is the only class in art school I got to see in. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, did they, it's, it's did they at least tell you it was humble. coming so you could practice or something like that? Or was this a surprise test? No, it was, uh, they build you up to it, right? Because, you know, they, they let you do, um, they let you do it. Because it's all manual, like, art was manual art painting. So we did charcoals, we did uh, pigment painting, we did watercolors, we did all that kind of stuff. And and we we were, like, blowing through this course. And he's like, all right, the grade's 50% of your grade. And we were just flying through this course. Because we had all week to do it. We would go get our assignment. We'd learn what we need to do, the techniques we had to do, and then we had a week to produce this this work of art. And and uh, uh, it was relatively, and I was blowing through it because you give me enough time, I can get you, I can assemble anything, you know, like it does. I don't care what it is, artistically, I got gotcha. you. You give me enough time, I got gotcha. you. The problem is, <laughs> Bob could do it in like thirty five minutes uh-huh. without commercials. Um, I cannot do it. Did they cut the commercials out, or did you at least have time to catch up when they had commercials? No, he would uh, he would pause it for the paint mixing because sometimes it does take a little while to get thirty five students to mix their paint. Everybody's got to get titanium white and you know whatever the hell else other colors and you know then lithium Prussian, red and Prussian all these blue, right? All these these colors and get them all Brown on your palette and everything. And there's yeah, and because they they only bought. Yeah, uh, ochre and all the rest of those colors that he would use. And I hated the fall ones because that's just like (laughs) stippling with – just stippling with your brush. Just make a bunch of little leaves here. And I'm like, damn it, Bob, slow down. (laughs) Uh, My grade depends on this, Bob. You're killing me. Now, did uh, your teacher go with the concept of happy little accidents? (laughs) No. No, he did not. He was – he started off with, like, there will be no happy little accidents. This is a replica. You're copying, okay? This should be easier for you. You're a professional artist. This is art three. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. <laughs> we started laughing. You know, when Bob was doing the thing, because at first, one of those paintings is just broad strokes. Like, he's painting it all white. He's getting some blue in there. And all of us are just laughing. Like, oh, this is our final grade. We're going to be drinking whiskey in about 45 minutes. This is going to be great. You know, when he starts doing the classic. shading on those damn mountains. Oh, yeah. And then he just makes a brush stroke and he's made a mountain. And you're like, oh, <laughs> like what? What did what did he do? And you can't make him back up. Right. He won't pause the video for you. <laughs> what did he do? He just did a thing with his knife. And now there's a mountain. Holy shit. There's a range of Bob. Slow down. Slow down, Bob. It's just not. It's not working. You're looking around. Everybody's panicking. People are dropping things. Like one girl in the corner was crying. You know, like there's there's like circle of life up in this shit. You know, like it was bad. <laughs> and then he just like conjures the freaking river. 
<laughs> nothing. And he considers for a moment. He's like, you know, maybe it, it, I, I'm like, oh, oh, what do you do? He just put blue on his. Maybe there's a little little brook, you know, and he, and he makes a brook out of nothing. And you're like, I'm going to fail this class. Not only is it a brook, but with one with one stroke of the brush. Not only does he have a brook, but he has a brook with reflections of the mountains. Yeah, and you're like, God damn it, Bob! <laughs> you're swearing up and down because now you're having to fix your mistakes and go faster than Bob, who is flying through it, by the way, and <laughs> to try and catch up. And now you've missed all. Oh, there's a clump of trees. When did he do the clump of trees? How did he do the clump of trees? Did he grab something else? Did he do it with a brush? Did he do a slap technique? Did he stipple it? Like, well, how the hell did we get those trees? Now he's doing – oh, and now, because you're looking at the trees, you missed the rock he just made. It's bad. Uh, <laughs> mine didn't turn out as I would have wished. Uh, please tell me you still have it somewhere. I do still have it. It's it's uh, it's in the storage unit. It's painful. Oh, okay. Um, so, I refuse so it's not, to throw it away. So it's not easy to access? No. Oh, God, darn. no. Um, I want a picture of this, damn it. <laughs> it's it's horrible. No if you if you just if you weren't if you've never seen the original, it looks pretty okay, right? But when you compare it to Bob and say, Okay, this is what I was shooting for, it looks like a drunk monkey did it, right? But if you just say, yeah, I painted that in art school, people go, wow, that's really good. And then you show them what you were shooting for and went, did you graduate art school? <laughs> what the hell is that? It's my own interpretation. Damn were... it. Leave me alone. <laughs> look, look, it, art is many faceted. All right. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's I did save it. It turned out OK, but it was the final grade for that. And he did it that way specifically to show us that just because you have the skills doesn't mean you can do it in a production-ready environment. You know, this person was under a deadline. He had this long to show it to you, and this is this is how he made that work. Now, you might develop a technique to do that, but you haven't got it yet. You're not a master of all you see in purvey. There's a reason you haven't graduated yet. So I wound up getting a C. Um, other people, there was this one girl in there. I swear to God, dude, she she kept her headphones on the whole time. It turned out, if anything, just as good or better than Bob's. She had like extra reflections, and her her sky looked like it was ten feet deep. I, I mean, improved it improved on it. <laughs> oh, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Um. And she turned around. She took when Bob stopped. She took her head rounds are off, her headphones off. Turned around and was just shocked that the rest, because she was right by the TV, she was just shocked that the rest of us didn't just wholly enjoy the experience. And I'm just like sitting there by my easel, like half sobbing with my my friend Aaron, like, oh crap, we bombed this. <laughs> like crap, it was the only C in art school I got. <laughs> Was was very humbling. That's all I'm saying. Um, to this day, I refuse to do 
uh, oil canvas stuff. I'm just like, oil painting? Nope. Not nope, touching nope, it. Nope, 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 nope. Nope. I'll do digital. I had a bad experience. <laughs> I had a bad Exactly. I had a bad experience. And my daughter is brilliant at it. <laughs> no, I don't do a, I don't do oil painting. Why not? I had a bad experience. <laughs> I had a real bad experience, man. I don't do that. I don't do oil painting. <laughs> That's one of the ones. I just don't do that. And of course, my daughter has never been taught anything about it, and she does it for fun, and she's brilliant at it. Um, now, have, she you, took... have you given her the Bob Ross test? No, um, I don't want to damage her in the same way that I was damaged. <laughs> uh, but I did give her all my tools and all my uh, stuff that I used in that class, including some of my paints, which were still good. Has she seen Bob Ross? She she has, and she's uh, of course. My daughter is smarter than I was. She watched a Bob Ross, and she's like, wow, he's really talented. Is that what it's like to watch a master work? She's like, because I can't go that fast. I'm like, just shut up. You know, and she, she said that when she was like 12, right? Like, it was obvious. Whereas, you hadn't, casual whereas you hadn't figured it out at 22. Yeah, I hadn't figured it out at 20-something. You know, and I'm like, damn it. She's like, wow, that is really I, – I can't go that fast. you know. She's like, I could probably do it if you gave me enough time. But that's really fast, Daddy. I'm like, just stop talking. I got to go. <laughs> I've never shown you this painting, child. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it was, uh, it's, it's, it's not good. <laughs> it's, it's not good. <laughs> so, I mean, it's okay. But it's like it, – I know what it's supposed to be, and it ain't that. Okay, well, well, we'll stop the bloodletting on your Bob Ross painting, then. Do you have a media discussion for this week? Actually, I have two. You have two? Okay. I have two. Uh, one is uh, short, and I would I, – uh, I am ashamed to admit that um, I – as I have said in this, in this cast earlier, uh, my first love is cars. Always has been. I've been fascinated with them since I knew what a car was. And I love car shows. I love. I have a subscription to Motor Trend TV. I have since it's the, since the app started. Um, I love watching car shows. It is my guiltiest of pleasures, especially since I will never have these things. I watch other people go through it. And YouTube car shows have really disabused me of what it's like to own a bunch of supercars because it's not like owning a bunch of old crappy shotguns right like shotguns that are 70 years old if you fix them and make them safe they can still take the same shotgun shell they did 70 years ago and explode flying pottery as good as they did when the day you bought them right they don't they are still good for the purpose in which they were designed a 70 year old car is at worst, a tetanus shot. Well, you're going to need junk. to replace some shit. Yeah, you're going to need to replace a lot of stuff. It's not a graceful experience, and it's always going to be like once you finish the resto on a shotgun, you're good for like 50 years. You know, once you replace uh, or uh, finish a restoration on a car, um, you're good for about 50 minutes if you don't drive it. So. Um, it's really disabused me of having this lavish collection of old supercars and muscle cars and stuff like that because I see the pain that these people go through and I'm like, ah, I I would have never had the money for this. This is unbelievable amounts of, well, of cash. Well, that, that actually goes for a question for me because it, it kind of depends on how you do this. Are you one of those people who with your 
old muscle car would insist on restoring it back to original condition or are and and I know what I'm about to say some people would consider like heinous sacrilege or are you the type of person who would have no hesitation into dropping a new updated fuel injected engine into the whole thing so that actually would run uh, perfectly for you for a long period of time as well as updating you know basically the mechanics of the car so whereas you're left with the body and the appearance of the car that you wanted but under the hood it's something more modern uh i have zero problem with updating it to be a more functional version of now, what I it do was know originally. that's also more expensive yeah it is more expensive however something that is like a 1950s vehicle like i would put disc brakes all the way around it you know, that's just safer and the car stops faster and it's just it's just better. You don't need four drum brakes to stop something that weighs two and a half tons. All right. That's that's a bad idea. Like disc brakes all the way around, like safety items. Absolutely. I have no problem with a carburetor. Um, my first car, my first two cars were carbureted cars. Um, I have no problem with getting out there with a screwdriver when it's cold versus hot and, and adjusting the fuel mix and all that kind of stuff. I have no issue with that. But safety issues. You know, like some of the 1940s, 1950s stuff didn't have seatbelts. Um, I would require that. Yeah, um, but, but if you're dealing with an older carbureted engine, you're going to run into a lot of said problems that you were speaking of, whereas you basically rip all that out and put something more modern in. Yeah, um, you put a new you, Unless, of course, you're in. dumb enough to throw something from Ferrari in it or something of that nature. Oh, if yeah, you no, actually, that's dumb. Yeah, if you, that, if you yeah. actually throw in, like, for example, a modern big block Hemi into something in which that can hold it, it's it's you've got an engine that's going to run for you for a hundred thousand miles at a minimum. Right. And and I would have zero issue doing something like that. And in fact, I used to do that. I used to work with a guy and we used to, um, one of our businesses was custom car building. And I would throw one of the, the biggest sellers we had was putting, um, LS crate motors into old Jags. So ripping out all the old Jag stuff and ripping out all the old Lucas electronics and putting in, uh, a Chevy crate motor and Chevy electronics into, you know, an X, you know, which a, basically a, meant a, that your Jag would actually run start and run reliably <laughs> all the time. Yeah. And, and by the, by the way, like, modern Jaguars actually do that, but the older oh, ones yeah, no, didn't. Yeah. We're, we're talking about, we're talking about the older, well, like before Ford bought them before, like any, they had any kind of realistic um, engine platform. Uh, these are all like 60s and 70s era Jags, right? Like Jags, like real ones with the long V12s and everything. Well, we'd rip those out and put an LS crate motor in them. And we did it for like, I don't know, six of them. And it was it's fairly easy. Uh, it took me, you know, like less than a month to, to get that done. Uh, just by myself with no help. Uh, it, was, it was incredibly easy. Uh, so, I mean, I have no problem with that part of it. But one of the things that I love to do is watch these car shows. And um, I was a big Top Gear fan, still am, uh, except I don't watch. Once uh, the, the Clarkson and the boys left, I quit watching that Top Gear. Uh, but the new Top Gear America came out in 2021. And it's got Dax Shepard. And Jethro and and Rod Cordry, who is the Violator from uh, Hot Tub Time Machine, if you've ever seen that, 
if you haven't, I highly recommend it. It's great. If you're if you're a middle aged man, watch Hot Tub Time Machine. Just trust me, it's fine. Your existential problems will be fixed, um, and you'll know what Lugal is. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I was ashamed to say all that to say I was ashamed to say I. I didn't watch the American Top Gear, the new revised American Top Gear, because I liked the Adam Ferrara version of the original American Top Gear, and then they canceled it immediately. And then they had Rutledge Wood on it and stuff like that. I, re- I liked it. And when they canceled it, I'm like, oh, screw this. I'm not going to watch it again. Well, I was bored the other day, and the Meacham car auction had just ended. Uh, and I... I watched American Top Gear, and it was really good. It was really good. I enjoyed the crap out of it. So if you're a car guy and you haven't given that a chance, um, American Top Gear is not Clarkson, Hammond, and May. It's not, okay? It's not going to be that, but they've proven nothing is going to be that. That's just them. But it's really – it's an enjoyable time. I enjoyed the crap out of it. Uh, so if you have the, the ability um, and you're into car stuff, check that out. The other thing I'm going to recommend, and Jake and I were, were BSing about this before the cast. I'm on the fence about it a little bit. My voice just cracked like a 16-year-old. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> I'm on the fence a little bit about it, and that's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Now, Jake has seen both episodes that are currently out. At the time of this recording, there's two episodes of it out. You have seen both as well, yes? I have. And I – it's not – I have been very jaded by The Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, which I deem both to be excellent. I have been a little overstimulated with the whole Skywalker stories because I think they've ruined a lot of them with the last couple of movies. But – I, I was willing to give this a chance because it's Star Wars, and um, I have many passions in my life, but Star Wars and cars were probably some of the first I've ever had. And I thought it was really good. I mean, it's not – is it the best? No, it's not. But it's it's a fun time. I, I, I think I, I've really enjoyed what I've seen so far because I really uh, enjoyed – the Star Wars movies, and I'm one of those people who wants to believe that the last three didn't happen. Um, I'm really, you know, though I know they're not going to do it, I'm really, really, really hoping that somewhere along the line somebody goes, you know, let's just pretend those didn't happen and try it over again. <laughs> you just redo, everybody. They're, Remember they're, when you get redo, redo, they're, they're redo. They're not going to, but, uh, no. you know, it would it would make me happy if they did. With that said, as someone, what I've really enjoyed with the Star Wars TV shows is fleshing out that universe. Um, It's also with some of the ancillary movies like Solo and Rogue One that I've really enjoyed was, once again, fleshing out out that universe. Uh, If all you've seen is the Star Wars movies, you've seen a very, very linear, very, very small piece of what the Star Wars universe was. And... For those of us before um, Lucasfilm got sold and they looked at us and went, yeah, none of that happened. It's not canon anymore. Um, What they call Star Wars Legends now had flushed out a lot of that universe for us. Um, But then they turned around and said, yeah, none of that happened. Which filled us with rage. (laughs) (laughs) Just a a tad. 
well, hey, they they kept writing uh, different series in that in that universe, and they, they every one of them had basically the exact same problem. They started out epic, but no one knew how to finish those individual series, so they always ended terribly. You'd start out with something just absolutely epic. Like, I, I think one of the scenes I always keep in my head is there was a scene in one of the novels in which Luke gets trapped with two um, Sith in a elevator and starts by just being Luke and trying to defend and stuff of that nature. And then he hears his son at this point, who they've named Ben in this series, uh, call out for help and you and he just kind of goes i don't have time to fool with this anymore and just tears them apart and moves on and it's just kind of like that's cool that's what i wanted to say yeah yeah i mean they had moments like that uh, uh but, but 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 at the same that's time that's lost now uh, yeah but so what i'm getting out of things like book of boba fett what i'm getting out of um mandalorian what I'm now getting out of um, Obi-Wan, what I'm looking forward to in Andor, what I'm looking forward to in Acolyte, and all of these things is just flushing out the rest of this universe. Uh, and, and it's doing that for me. The idea that we're learning that Leia was a bratty, snotty little 10-year-old with a, with a mouth on her, A, is not surprising, but B, fun to watch. <laughs> The fact that she's treating Obi-Wan just like she treated Han and, and Chewie at, in the A New Hope is absolutely hilarious. And it's kind of on brand for her. Oh, it is. <laughs> like, this is who she is and who she always was. And, That's kind of fun. Exactly. Uh, to, you know, when you hear in A New Hope, when Obi sa- Obi-Wan tries to give Luke the lightsaber and says, I wanted to give this to you earlier, but your uncle wouldn't allow it. You're actually seeing that discussion of Uncle Owen looking at him and saying, leave us alone. You know, th- and when he hands him the T-16 um, toy. toy that Luke plays with in the first movie. In the in the 1977 movie that he's playing with and and kind of swooshing around and making vroom vroom noises with, um, and you see that he does get it and it and he does play with it and it does inspire his imagination stuff like like little stuff like that it's super cool. Um, the other little things is it's it's interesting to see that for the first ten years that Obi Wan really had no clue what was going on in the rest of the universe, the rest of the galaxy. You know, he, he it took him 10 years to figure out that Vader was still out there. It's uh, I do like that they also got Ewan McGregor back. Yes. Um, and he is older, which kind of works, because by the time Luke gets there, he might just look a little bit more like Alec Guinness. So I, I'm actually pretty happy with it. It's not. Is it does it burn up? the uh you know your soul like mandalorian did where you're just like i must have it you know like i well, it was amazing but, but once again no. mandalorian gave you things that you really quite frankly hadn't seen before this is stuff you've seen before right and i think there's the difference right they they kind of like mandalorian was just a such a uh, an idea grenade to just boom, there you go But it's it's also kind of like Rogue One. Rogue One was stuff that you'd seen before. It was a story that you kind of had ancillarily heard, and they flushed it out for you. 
And it and they did Rogue a wonderful One. job doing it for you. And here comes the best part about Rogue One. Rogue One felt like Star Wars. Yeah, that was masterfully done. And, that felt like it should have been the first Star Wars movie. And and and, and I and that's kind of what I'm getting to some extent from Obi Wan at the moment. It feels like Star Wars. The last three movies they did did not feel like Star Wars. No, not at all. And I. I regret them. I regret – now, I don't regret some of the things that happened with them in that, um, you know, The Force Awakens. I went to see that with my daughter. You know, it was the first movie that just her and dad went to see. And I took her to the theater and said, you know what? I was a little bit younger than you, but my dad took me to see my first movie with just him and I together, and it was a Star Wars too, And that was really cool. And I, I appreciate that part of it. Um, I was actually very hopeful with with the uh, you know the introduction of Ray and and I, I, I was see. like cool this is a this is an okay start where do we go from here and then where we went from there was downhill oh yeah like way downhill <laughs> comparisonly downhill I had I had hope um, for for that series after the first movie i was like oh man this is like if they do this right surely surely disney won't screw us like this this will be great and damn it was i disappointed (laughs) but kenobia at least at this point um feels okay i mean it's not i judge everything by mandalorian standards now like mandalorian blew my damn doors off uh, just the 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 revolving characters and the episodic nature of it, and the it felt like an old western, and and you really loved the character. The characters were well thought out, and you didn't know a lot about them, so you wanted to learn more about it. It was just, it was it was masterful. Now, the way see, they put that together. My hope for what we're going to see, I don't know that if it is, I don't know that it isn't. Um, is that what this entire season is going to be is the story of Obi-Wan and Leia bouncing around the galaxy trying to get home. Uh, Running from Inquisitors the whole time. That, I don't know, I don't know well, that we're going to get that. That's the Mandalorian formula, right? The, the, but oh, that's, yeah. that's like, you know, the father-child thing. Exactly. Let's run with it. It works. <laughs> okay, you have to admit, Star Wars has a history of looking at something going, or I'll rephrase, Star Wars recently has a history of looking at something and going, wow, that's worked. Let's do something different. Let's hit that button again. No, yeah. not even let's hit that, that button again. It's, wow, that worked. Let's throw it in the garbage and try something different. But they didn't, though. Like, with those last three movies, they didn't... Well, okay, yeah, they did in the last one. All right, the last one, they threw it away. They threw it in the garbage bin and then lit it on fire. Okay, All right, was but... was the second one a good movie? No. In fact, the no. lightsaber fight scene in that is generally held up by stunt people as, as the, the worst, worst fight scene ever. Um, yeah. And we've, talked about my, and we've talked about my love of Empire Strikes Back and just how the lightsaber, it, with very few words between them, the lightsaber fight scene in that told a father-son story. You didn't even know it was a father-son story until he actually said it, but just the actual choreography of the fight itself and how it was organized and went down was a father-son story. 
I would I would I would agree with that. So, I would also say that Return of the Jedi was always my favorite. I I know that's blasphemy. Uh, but. I, I, I I think I think Return of the Jedi would have been better if um George Lucas hadn't recently become a father and decided to do cutesy little fuzzy teddy bears instead of Wookiees. The murder bears? Oh, come on, man. The murder bears were awesome. <laughs> you have to admit, if they had replaced the murder bears with Bigfoot, that would if have been a slightly more Kishak, exciting movie. Yeah, if they'd have done it on Kishak or something like that. That's what I mean. Um, yes, it would have been better. It would have been better with techno bears. Absolutely. It would have been better. <laughs> but we got murder bears, and those were okay. I'm fine with the murder bears. Uh, I'm not saying the murder bears were bad. I'm just saying I probably would have enjoyed it a tad bit more. I mean, hell, I'm the As kid, an who's, adult, I'm the kid whose friend's parent took him and her, it took the two of us out of school the day that it opened so that we could go see it the, the very first showing. showing. <laughs> Um, a return or empire? A return. Um, awesome. So, but but see, that's so. The second movie was by no means a great movie, but it had a direction and a potential that I think it it, it explains a lot of what's wrong with the world today. That there was enough outrage on Twitter about the direction that it was supposed to go in that they just kind of went oh, we got to try something different and came up with something that was so disjointed and just screwed that it made everything just go, no, the, the, just scrap it and get over. It's no, no, <laughs> just, just no. Oh, that's, that's be- true. Be- because the worst, worst part about it is, is the, the final story they came up with was for all it was, It wasn't just, we're not going to do fan service. It was, we're going to insult the original fans. Because we're basically to say (laughs) that all the things that you watched in your childhood and thought that this was, oh my God, we saved a galaxy, (laughs) uh, was bullshit. No, you didn't. Uh, Yeah. It's It's rough. It's rough. That you you had to you had to go through a lot of those those movies with just like it, it would they would have been okay if you hadn't called them Star Wars <laughs> like if you hadn't said it was Star Wars it would have been okay that 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 lightsaber battle in the second one was terrible okay it absolutely was yes but the but, but see where they going with the idea of the Jedi actually had it wrong too was a path I could follow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was and a they, path they, I could follow. But they and basically the rise of the gray Jedi where they all use light, you know, yellow sabers and they're they're truly neutral and they're balanced and stuff like that. That would have been a fantastic story to tell. I oh, thought that's what Ray was going to be. And, I thought she was going to be a gray Jedi. No, but somebody no. but everybody wanted her to be somebody's daughter or son or something of that nature i thought the idea that they were going with the fact that it didn't have to be lineage it just it had to be people i thought that that's what they were hinting with with the kid at the i think it was the end of the second one where he he yeah. called the broom to him exactly and i'm like look this could be you this could be anywhere anyone anywhere it doesn't matter who she is and i went this okay there may be hope for that and then no no <laughs> No hope at all. So, it's not, so, no. so, but going back to the the original 
topic. What I'm really enjoying with things like Obi-Wan, Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, and and, and the, the TV shows that are starting to come, I, and we talked about it briefly before the cast, I don't even think they're doing feature movies for the American audience anymore. I personally think that's for the Asian audience. Um, but TV shows are still for us. And I think, and seeing yeah. that the... the being the fact that we had those three movies crammed down our throats and basically not and told you're going to eat your dinner and you're going to enjoy it um I, I, with vegetables being the fact that they were giving we're being given these views of the story from ancillary directions i'm actually really enjoying that i'm looking forward to ahsoka I'm really looking forward to Ahsoka. Man, I hope they don't screw that up. Uh, well, it doesn't appear as though they're going to. Um, I really hope they don't screw that up. Uh, but but all of this, I'm I'm enjoying that stuff. I mean, it's it's similar to Marvel. I'm enjoying a lot of the Marvel TV shows a hell of a lot more than I'm enjoying the movies these days. <laughs> now, I, I will admit that I didn't quite get Moon Knight, but other than that. The rest of them, I've really enjoyed. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't. Like, I, I was really trying. Like, Psycho Colonel Sanders was funny. But the the, uh, the rest of it, I, I don't know. But, you know, so, you, this reminded me. Uh, you, you saying this reminded me of this. The um, You said your parents came home or you, you took you out of school and, and took you to see Star Wars, right? That happened to me. Like, my father showed up. It was, uh, I think, 84. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's when uh, Jedi came out. Well, uh, 84, uh, July 16th of 84. I remember this was yesterday. It was Monday. And uh, my dad came home early from work and came and got me, put me in the car. He said, we got to go on an errand to run. And he took me, and it had been out for three days, he took me to see The Last Starfighter. Because he knew that I would like it. And he was a big Robert Preston fan, and it was, you know, sci-fi, and he was just going to go watch it with me and all that kind of stuff. And and my mom had zero interest in going to see it with him. Um, so he just came home early and took me for my birthday. Uh, and it was super freaking cool. And I also happened to have a great love of that movie. <laughs> Because it was all there for an eight-year-old boy in 1984 that, like, playing a video game was going to get you a seat in a space fighter. Um, I was like, yes, please. Let's do all of that. Um, oh, God damn it. It was so and, – and, uh, you know, Catherine Mary Stewart is uh, – I think she's named something else now – uh, getting her to sit on your lap while you pilot said space fighter after you saved the galaxy. It was all there for me. Uh, okay, totally okay. all there. Uh, though it wasn't for my birthday, as far as the one that my dad took me to see that my mother didn't want him to, and he, we went and saw it anyway, Conan the Barbarian. Oh, wow. That's awesome. <laughs> How old were you? Oh, 
had well let's put it this way we moved out of the house that we lived in because i can remember having the discussion where my mother was going no you can't take him to see that i remember where i was in the house that we lived in yeah, and we moved really out of that house been. when i was in fourth grade so it was <laughs> younger than 10 oh that's awesome yeah uh, you know I, I, the last starfighter had uh had Will Wheaton in it. Did it? Yeah. I have to go back and watch I'm, that. I am almost positive that was Will Wheaton because it was this, it was Lewis's friend. I have to go um, back and watch that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, it it was uh, Catherine Mary Stewart was was Mags and and I had the biggest crush on Mags ever. Um, yeah, that was my movie. I, was I had the really... biggest crush on Valeria. <laughs> 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 you, yeah. you wanted the one that was sitting on your lap in, in the spaceship. I wanted the one who was going to fight next to me with a sword and take everybody's <laughs> ass. Dude, I didn't get to see it when I was that young. Um, Conan the Barbarian you, you know, was that, a little right. Be, I mean, there's full-on nudity in Conan the Barbarian. You know, that, that may be where I kind of got my thing for, uh, you know, warrior chicks. Oh, it's for sure where I got mine. It's, it's like there's no, not even a question of that. Because um, I mean, I, you want to talk about like sex and stuff. I mean, just just sexy chicks wearing armor and just running around half naked on horses and stuff. Yeah, Conan the Barbarian, like the the freaking wizardess spider lady and, and everything they no, no that, that, that was uh conan the destroyer was which, it? Was, Are you which is sure? which is which is the one that uh my father took me to and then apologized for after <laughs> <laughs> oh that was I, dude i was i was all about conan when i was little well when i was littler i should say i i really wasn't allowed to watch it when i was 10 uh, at least the Conan the Barbarian. I could watch the Destroyer, but I couldn't watch the Barbarian because that had full-on sex in it. <laughs> like, there was not like uh, Dad wasn't gonna let me see that. But damn, those are good movies. See, I don't know, man. It's just there was some really good stuff back then. Well, I really good stuff. Some of the stuff was really good. You go back and watch it just for the sheer nostalgia factor. Some of the stuff you go, you you look at and go, dear God, how bad was that? Have you you had cartoons that you were just obsessed with as a child that you've gone back and looked at and went, no? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Example? Because I know exactly which one mine was. Really? All right. Give me your example. My example? Yeah. Voltron. Shit, I'm close. Yeah, because I I it's was unwatchable obs- now. I was obsessed with Voltron, and when I Me went too. back to watch the the original, actually it was back before streaming and all that. When I went back to watch it, I got the entire disc series off of Netflix when Netflix was just doing uh, uh, DVDs, and just was like, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna just sit down and I am gonna binge all of Voltron. I didn't make it through like the second episode before i just went i i can't do this i just can't do this This is shit and i can't watch it anymore (laughs) i've got two examples of that early star uh transformers uh which is uh, the animation on it is 
so bad. Like as an artist, I cannot watch it. Like you can watch the color blocks move, you know, and like when, you know, some of their arms are the wrong color from one shot to the next. And you're like, oh, great. great. Different people colorize this. And then you can watch the mouth and it's not even close. And, and, you know, some of the storylines are great. Some of the storylines are just crap. Um, <laughs> and you're just like, oh, maybe it gets better. So you go to the next season, it gets a little better. You go to the next season, it gets a little better, you know, and, but it's, it's still terrible. The other one that I, um, I, it tricked me. Uh, I watched Thundercats, the new version, the new animated Thundercats uh-huh. and went, Damn it, this is so good. I am going to go back. I did the same thing you did with Vulture. I am going to go back, and I am going to watch all the original Thundercats, because that is awesome. No, it wasn't. And I did, and it's terrible. <laughs> it's, <laughs> you're just like, I remember Chitara. Uh, that's good. Okay. Well, you know, the rest of these people can suck ass. <laughs> I don't like anybody but Chitara. And I think I just went Chitara because she's a cat girl. Other than that. Everyone else could suck it. Well, you also like Chitara because for the first episode, they had her walking around naked anyway. You're damn right they did. I'm like, this is a fantastic show. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Damn it. Um, I just, I don't know, man. It's it, Some of it doesn't hold up. But all that to say, watch Kenobi. <laughs> It's not as bad as old school 80s cartoons. <laughs> and both of us are of the age of what uh, of Saturday morning you were up before the before the parents sitting in front of the TV about almost nose to nose with the tube screen with a bowl of cereal. With I was going to say with cereal. Yep. Yep, cuz you had a couple of hours before anybody else got up and bothered you. And you know, your parents, you didn't know, but this was reversed. <laughs> your parents had a couple hours of sleep before <laughs> before before you bothered them. Before you bothered them. <laughs> and everybody was happy. It was also back in the time period in which there was one, maybe two TVs in the house. So the idea that you actually had control of the TV for those couple hours on Saturday morning. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, that was that was unprecedented. Because as soon as your dad wandered out in the living room. <laughs> you became the remote control. Yeah, that program stopped, and sports ball was on. Whatever brand of sports ball your father was into. Ah, <laughs> uh, nostalgia. Exactly. You got anything uh, else, sir? Getting old. Yeah. Um, Actually, I'm going to throw one more thing in here just because we went to the nostalgia thing. It only took a few moments. It's just something that somebody said to me today that I – Somebody who is in the process of going from 24 to 25 years old uh, told me today that their birthday was coming up and it made them sad. And my response to him was, is you're not fucking old enough for your birthdays to make you sad yet. And the response I got was, but it's going to be a quarter life crisis. And I just died laughing. And they're like, it's real, it's real, it's real. I'm like, yes, I understand that it's real, and it's very real for you. But for my generation, the idea that there would be anything to have a crisis for at 25 years old is laughable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, and Taylor Tomlinson was brilliant with her quarter-life crisis thing. Okay, I... Totally well, I'm, I'm not suggesting that the quarter-life crisis isn't real. 
I'm just saying that for our generation, it would have been something that if you, somebody would have looked at you at 25 years old and saying, I'm, of a, I'm having a crisis and it didn't involve drugs, then it wasn't worth it. Just buck up, do your shit and deal with it and you'll be fine. Uh, you can, yeah, you, you can have that, you can have that crisis our, in another 20 pain. years, you'll be fine. Yeah, that's how boomers dealt with our pain. That's that's all that was. Shut up, get to work. That's, yeah, so, so, our so, feelings were not taken into account. Yeah. Okay, I, the the only time it was actually like important is like, oh, 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 you're on crack. Okay, that's a crisis. <laughs> you on drugs, son? <laughs> is that the problem? You can't quit drinking. Like, what's the problem? You said crisis. Like, what's the problem? Uh, no, you, know, you just... got a, you got you got a dead hooker in the back of the car. I mean, it, 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 oh, oh, you feel bad. Oh, no, no, that's not a crisis. Get to work, do your job. You can have that crisis in another twenty years. Yeah, you'll feel better. Get to work. Thing, that's that's how boomers shut up, and sit down. That's how boomers dealt with all of our feelings. By the way. And the greatest generation, the generation before that, like nobody cared about our feelings because nobody Actually, cared about no, but, their feelings. But, but, but think about it, whether whether it was our generation, in which case it was Vietnam or the other or the next generation or the previous generation, in which it was World War Two or Korea. If we looked at our parents at 25 and said, I'm having an existential crisis and their response to you was, is I was in the jungle getting shot at, at your age. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Which I did get from my father from time to time. You know, son, at your age, I was in Southeast Asia. <laughs> People were firing rockets at me. You know, I'm like, well, go, go to work. Nobody's, nobody's trying to kill you today. <laughs> You're fine. Yeah, exactly. You know, like my father had no sympathy for any of that, like none. And his father had even less. You know, he was in World War Two. <laughs> like, they, they did not get to no shits were given. <laughs> Shut up. Go to work. Yeah, that was pretty much. I'm, I'm I'm picturing Sam Kennison in Back to School. I was in this rice field going up against Charlie's while pussies like you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of how my father felt about any emotions that I was having. So 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 yes, though I do agree with the fact that the quarter life crisis exists, and 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 really what that is is most people right around the age of 25 are done with school, looking around and going, what this is this is this is it. This is now the rest what? of my life. What <laughs> yeah. the? F- so, Welcome. So so yes, I do understand the quarter life crisis. I just found it humorous because I'm old, and at that age, somebody would have laughed their brains out at me if I had told them I was having a quarter life crisis. Oh yeah, no, same here. That would not have that would have not have gone well. Even though we did have quarter life, everybody does. Everybody looks around in their mid twenties and goes, "Oh shit, I undershot this." <laughs> Well, well, no, once, but, but once again, from our generation on, they did that. But for all the previous generations at 25 years old, it, the only crisis was whether or not I'm going to live and not get killed in a battle of war today. Yeah. Yeah. If you made it to 25, you were hot shit. <laughs> your <laughs> that respo- was the time for drinking and sex. <laughs> your, your response to a quarter life crisis? I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I made it to mid 20s and I'm not in a shithole. You know, I'm back in the States. This is great. Time to rob the next generation of their future. (laughs) But more on that next week. (laughs) Okay, you got anything else? I do not. Well, if the world's still here next week, we'll see you then.